0: Thank you so much for hopping on this podcast, Athlete Voices. You are the first martial artist I have ever interviewed for this podcast. And I want to talk about just your journey in martial arts and how you became a black belt in jujitsu. That's incredible. I want to hear about how you accomplished that. Um, You're also into you are uh, so you specialize in jujitsu and Muay Thai. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Yes.
0: Very cool. Um, So, Okay. I am very new to martial arts, as you know. I started about two weeks ago and at 10th Planet Daily City, and you are the head coach there. Um, So I'm a complete newbie beginner to martial arts. So to everyone out there who is not super familiar with martial arts, what would you say, how do you define martial arts?
1: Well, if you look at the literal term uh, martial arts, uh, it's two words, right? Martial and arts. So martial, uh, meaning uh, warfare, and then art. You know as artistic is uh meant for expression right so it's in a sense a, a way to express yourself through uh what we define as warfare arts right in that in that side so um originally deriving from um, you know actual self-defense applications and things that we use for protection you know the martial arts uh is a very very wide spectrum if you're talking about origins you're talking about where specifically uh, you're getting the art from you know we talk about kung fu from china you got karate from japan you got um, muay thai from thailand and so on and so on so um, a lot of ways you can define it but for me it again it's a it's a form of expression uh through combat through uh through violence in a sense sometimes and you're looking at trying to find a way to express yourself in that sense at the same time uh, use it for practical application for self-defense and for protection and that's in a in the gist, what I would define as martial arts.
0: Very cool. Very cool. And I love that you mentioned it's a form of expression. Talk to me more about that. What do you mean by expression through combat?
1: Well, if you look at it, the, I mean, the old Bruce Lee quote is you know, it is the most honest form of expression. There's no hiding in martial arts, right? When you're on the mat, when you're moving around, you can't hide who you are. You know, if you're an aggressive person, if you're a passive person, if you're someone who's hyperactive, if you're someone who's calm and cool and composed, there's no hiding that on the mat. You know, when you move, when you do a drill, when you do um, a sparring or exhibition, you're going to show and express that in the, the mo- one of the most honest senses, you know, not verbally, not through anything that uh, you're trying to, you know, front or, or try to display it in the sense of. Trying to put on an act, you know, you're really going to be moving. People can see that, you know. Very, you're very vulnerable in martial arts a lot of times because you're in a situation with another person, an opponent, a person who may be just your training partner. But again, when you move with someone, when you when you are around other martial artists, and you start to see the way specific people move, the way specific people drill, and the way they think about moves and drills, uh, you know, it does have its all. I mean they all have their own unique approach to it and that's the beauty of it you know because no one does the same technique the same you know no one (laughs) no one even though the principles may be the same everyone's body types their attributes and you know their anatomy is going to make a difference in the technique so that's why you know the artistic side of it has to be in play because if you were to be finite and like try to say you have to do it this way a lot of people wouldn't be able to achieve that you know because there's so many limitations to some people and some other people have less limitations but in the general sense, we try to make sure everyone is able to apply the technique in their own way and what works for them.
0: Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about jiu-jitsu. What so, is the definition of jiu-jitsu? How is it different than other martial arts forms? Where did it originate from?
1: So jujitsu, jitsu in the little translation, it means gentle art. So it's a Japanese origin. Um, it originally comes from judo uh, and judo being uh, a very popular martial art as well. And judo is uh, particularly emphasized, uh, the emphasis of judo is particularly on throws and pins, made a little similar to wrestling, but they also wear the gi, meaning the Japanese kimono. And if you're looking at uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that was uh, taken from Japan, uh, from Japanese immigrants who went to Brazil and was developed by the Gracie family, Helio Gracie being the originator of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And, um, you know, the the way that it's applied is has some similarities to the original type of Japanese jiu-jitsu, but Brazilian jiu-jitsu was shown to be very effective uh, once proven in combat and once proven on the the big stage. You know, today we talk about the UFC and talk about MMA, but, you know, jiu-jitsu in its origin is, again, from Japan. And the meaning of jiu-jitsu, gentle art, is um, intended that way not because always – you know, nice and, and it's not very, it's not always just friendly. You know, there is some <laughs> parts of it that's aggressive and it's, you know, it could be violent, but uh, jujitsu gives you the opportunity to defend yourself without hurting your opponent. You know, if you choose to hurt your opponent, you, you can, but if you choose not to, you, you don't have to, you know, in jujitsu, we teach control. Uh, it's mostly just joint locks and choke holds and positions. You know, we're trying to maintain position. Um, we also practice takedowns. So in the form of, uh, A type of grappling you know we apply wrestling along with those submissions and then you get a very um effective martial art for one-on-one combat and jujitsu was intended for that you know the most effective martial art that you can learn for hand-to-hand combat one-on-one combat and uh, again as as people have a hard time grasping about the gentle art, you know, how how do we call this gentle? When you see guys training, it doesn't look too gentle, you no, know? No, it doesn't. But it definitely, yeah, it's definitely something that you got to just understand once you train and um, once you start to really understand the application of it. But that's the the literal definition of jujitsu.
0: Got it. Yeah. When you said gentle art, I was like, there is nothing that appears gentle to this. When I walked into the studio or the, the 10th right. Planet um,
1: good. Dojo, studio,
0: yeah um when I walked in there the first time for open mat I was like oh my god I am so intimidated like right right what is about to happen um
1: <laughs> so typical first date um, feelings
0: <laughs> yeah but it's actually like I mentioned to you the other day I think it's really fun um mm-hmm. and I'm like so obsessed with it Um, so I can't wait to see where this leads me, but, um, I want to talk about the competitive side of jujitsu. Okay. Um, so there's different tiers and belts, right? And you go through each that hierarchy and ranking. And eventually once you've mastered the art of jujitsu, you get your black belt and you have your black belt. So talk to me about your journey of getting there. Like what age did you start training jujitsu and how long did it take for you to get the black belt?
1: So for jujitsu jitsu specifically, I started in 2009 and I was 19 at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was uh, when I first met Eddie Bravo when I was living in Los Angeles. Um, around that time, you know, uh, most some people know Eddie Bravo, uh, you know, as uh, Joe Rogan's buddy. You know, actually, this, mm-hmm. the year I started was when Joe Yo- Joe Rogan started his podcast. That was uh, wow. exactly the same year I, I began uh, training jiu-jitsu. Joe, uh, Joe used to be around a lot during uh, Eddie's time when I was living in L.A. Um, but you know, I started, uh, you know, it actually started from Muay Thai because I was, I was training at a Muay Thai gym. Mm -hmm. I always knew about jujitsu, but I never had the opportunity to train. I had a few opportunities when I was younger in high school, but it didn't work out. So then when I, when I moved to LA and I was training at my Muay Thai gym, coincidentally, Eddie Bravo was teaching his classes across the other mat. And I saw him moving around and I saw what he was training and I was intrigued. And one of my friends was like, oh, yeah, that's Eddie Bravo. That's the, that's the legend right there. And I was like, who? I was like, I don't know who Eddie <laughs> is. And Because, you know, I was, I was completely green and I had no idea other than maybe the Gracie family who what jiu-jitsu um, athletes were and, and none of the names. But I looked them up and Eddie, uh, you know, had some big accomplishments. Uh, he he was a big name in jiu-jitsu. So I was like, man, this would be cool to learn from this guy. Plus, I like the style. I, I like what they were doing. It was no-gi class. And it looked like something that I could do. And, uh, you know, it just lined up perfectly. Eddie um, was able and gracious enough to allow me to train because I was a broke kid and I didn't have, um, you know, any job at the time. And he let me train on the mats in exchange for like mopping his mats down every class. And uh, over the years, you know, I just stepped to it. And, um, you know, I I never really planned when I started off to get a black belt. I don't think that's anyone's intention right off the mm-hmm. bat. But, you know, I started learning. And then over time, Eddie gave me my blue belt and it was just something that really sparked this motivation to me. It's like, all right, if, if I'm getting these color belts, I might as well try to go for it, you know, try to keep going and try, keep pushing, keep learning. So over the years, you know, I developed my skills. I developed, uh, you know, my own style of training. I started training with more um, high-level jujitsu teachers, uh, David Terrell um, over in Santa Rosa, one of my MMA coach, and um, he helped me once I moved back from LA to the Bay to hone uh, more of my competitive skills and i was really able to shine when i started training with him and the caesar gracie jiu-jitsu team uh and uh like all of those guys uh had a big impact on me eddie dave uh denny prokopos from 10th planet san francisco all these guys are um, my, my instructors. And in jujitsu, that's typical to see guys get a lot of uh, influences from other trainers, other coaches, you know, we you may start somewhere, but typically, you're going to have a lot of influence from all the coaches, because this it's such a vast, deep ocean of knowledge that you want to learn from so many sources and try to get as much knowledge as possible. And you know, you get different perspectives on jujitsu, because everyone has their own unique approach to how they train jujitsu. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, my journey to black belt was a very interesting one. After I got my my first belt, the blue belt and I move forward it was um took me about in total uh 11 years uh to get the black belt so you know through ups and downs injuries pauses times on and off the mat and uh trying to figure out my personal life and my situation luckily I was able to you know get recognized by Eddie uh back in uh, 2020 which is funny cuz it was right before the pandemic hit you know I was mm-hmm. in, um I would go to Eddie to train every now and then and then February 2020 Eddie graciously gave me a black belt under him. And you know, I wasn't even anticipating it. i was I was still on the fence whether I was there yet. And I don't think any of us really know when we're there yet it's just kind of the thing once you're once your instructor um, grants you that 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 rank or uh, you know that specific level you just kind of go with it and sometimes you just grow into it but yeah sometimes to this day I think damn I I can't believe I'm a black belt still you know it's been three years I got my first degree already and it's it's still like I have so much to learn you know black belt Mm -hmm. is still Uh, not where, you know, I would call myself a master ever. I would say, like, I'm still learning. I'm still looking at it as a white belt, as as someone who's trying to learn as much as possible from as many people as possible. So, you Mm -hmm. know, the rank may sound cool. And I, you know, it is something that I'm very proud of to accomplish. But, you know, the mindset that I try to keep is that day one mindset of, of like, you know, learn as much as you can and try to just be a sponge and try to make sure you absorb as much as you can and use what you can apply to your game. So, yeah, it's, it's a great thing. And again, I'm super proud to be a black belt under Eddie, but I feel like it's still just the beginning.
0: Yeah, that's a great mindset to have always is like you there's an endless pool of information to consume
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, with any art form. I think the growth never really stops. Um, and even though so What's interesting to me is that I didn't know that the black belt was something that was granted to you by an instructor. I thought there was like a systematic, um, like a test you do or a like X number of competitions you have to win or whatever Mm -hmm. to get this black belt. So can you tell me more about that process?
1: The process of getting a black belt will vary. From instructor to instructor, right? In in my early days of martial arts, I started in Shotokan and Karate. And that was more of a structured guideline. You learn these certain forms of katas, meaning like dances and techniques and forms, and you learn certain techniques. And then once you learn these techniques, you get tested with, you know, and then promotions happen and you get ranked up, you know, um, in jujitsu, a lot of it is a, a lot less formal, you know, um, a lot of instructors will go through just the skill they see the time on the mat, what they're what they're looking at The you know, the consistency of your attendance in class, and you know, your competitions, you know, it, it, it's all kind of um, encompassing a wide variety of different um, skills or not necessarily skills, but certain things on the checklist that they're looking for. You know, and some some mm-hmm. some instructors are super hard to get black belts from. David Terrell has only five black belts, uh, mm-hmm. I believe, currently. Right? Eddie has over a hundred now. It seems like so. You know, it's 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 a very different uh, from coach to coach and professor to professor. But at the end of the day, when you work with a specific instructor and you align with what they feel a black belt should be or just in general what they feel jujitsu is, you know, you typically want to learn under them and get ranked up under them. And again, some guys, you know, Michael Hildebrand over in Oakland, uh 10th Planet in Oakland, he has a specific uh, you know, system that he uses to to rank guys up. He does a stripe system. Um I never learned under a stripe system or got ranked under a stripe system, meaning you get little um uh pieces of tape on your belt and uh, Mm -hmm. you start to use that uh, those stripes to rank up but you know again it just depends like uh, all of my promotions were just kind of just you know one day I showed up for class and I got my belt you know I ranked up Mm. you know it was just like over time, the coaches, if you're consistent enough, if you work hard enough in in the gym, you're going to get recognized for what you're doing in the gym. And then the coach ranks you up. So that's how it kind of worked for my jujitsu journey. But again, other schools, you may have testing days, you may have opportunities to, you know, you know, whatever the case may be for your instructor, the way he structures it, because again, that's, that's the artistic part of it, right? However you want to kind of apply it. I know some people who do their own colors, you know, their own color rankings. And, mm. you know, it's just de- depending on what you do. But the typical format, you know, you go from white belt and then blue belt, which is your beginner first belt. Uh, and then you go to purple belt, which means you're pretty advanced. Um, brown belt, which is like you're close to a black belt and then black belt. And then after black belt, you get your degrees. And then, you know, if you're if you're alive long enough to get your red belt then you get your red belt which is there's the, a red uh, belt
0: there's something beyond there's a red belt.
1: Belt. about 30 years at black belt that's where you get a red belt Whoa. <laughs> so actively actively uh, training for 30 years at black belt you will uh, typically get a red belt and they have coral belts which is kind of red red and black so that goes on and on depending on uh you know wh- who you're talking about with uh who who ranks you you know yeah so currently there's there's no tenth red belts right now because 10th planet's only been around 20 years you know oh it's, been, it's it's uh one day maybe I'll, I'll be able to achieve that red belt status but you know focus right now is just to keep training and make sure keep training exactly
0: yes let's talk about the training that goes behind jujitsu.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: um so to my understanding uh people of different body types can do jujitsu, right um and yeah, what's Yeah. So, um, there's no such thing as like the ideal body type for jujitsu. Is that correct?
1: Um, so that's a good question. Uh, as far as ideal body type, I wouldn't say there's an ideal body type for jujitsu, but there, there are certain body types that are ideal for certain techniques, you know, Mm. like for example, the triangle attack. So if, you, uh, if uh, you're familiar with that or for the folks who don't know, it's when you wrap your legs around the neck and the arm of an opponent and then you squeeze the legs together and you uh, are able to get a choke hold on that, right? with people with longer legs, that's a very, very good attribute to have when you have long legs because you can wrap around a big person, right? And if they have a big shoulder and a big neck, you're able to wrap around. If you have shorter legs, that's a little more difficult for you to wrap around. But mm-hmm. on the other side, if you have shorter legs, sometimes you're harder to leg lock, you know, joint locks on the leg are very difficult to work against someone with shorter legs because you don't have as much to grab and they can, mm. they can move out of submissions a little bit easier, right? So in a sense, jujitsu, it does, you know, if you if you talk about just overall, yeah, the, you know, being lankier, being taller has its advantages, but so does being small and being, you know, a little more compact, you know, so yeah. you think about it, it's re- it's really about if you can just be efficient with your movement. That's the biggest key, right? If you can be able to control your body and move it in the way that is best for your skill set, then that's what ideal is, you know, rather than the type of uh, a body you have, it's the way you move your body.
0: hmm. And also playing to your strengths, right? Yes.
1: you have to learn your attributes. You have to learn your limitations. And jujitsu is very important because if you start playing a game that doesn't work for your body type, sometimes you're going to be limited and you're not going to be able to progress as easily. I mean, it may work if you, if you keep working it, keep working it. But sometimes, you know, it, it's just better to just play off what your, your God-given talents are, right? Whatever sure. you've been blessed with, whatever you have with, you know, why not play off that first? And yeah. you know, you can develop that stuff other parts of your game later, but sometimes it takes some adjustments to really perfect those t- techniques.
0: Right. So this is kind of more of a personal question, but since I'm getting into jujitsu and I uh-huh. I know um, I have an athletic background in competitive gymnastics, I'm pretty flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to be smaller than the people I roll with um, in training Right. What would you say, what are some moves that I could use to my advantage?
1: So that will um, be specific towards uh, where you feel comfortable first, right? So in a sense, if you're looking at it where the, the kind of techniques that you'd want to start off with uh, are always just going to be basics as a beginner, right? Just basic fundamentals. You want to learn how to make sure Uh, You have proper stance when you're standing, when you're on the when you're on the ground, you want to make sure that you're you're positioned correctly and that you're able to, uh, again, stay within the the basic principles of jujitsu that you want to you kind of want to abide by. Now, as far as what techniques uh, you need to be working on. Um. These are techniques that kind of encompass a, a wide spectrum of people, right? You should be focusing on your defense, focusing on self-defense, learning how to protect yourself, and learning how to survive on the mat. You know, and, <laughs> because a lot of times it's just in the beginning days, you're just you're just the nail we call it, right? Sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail. For the longest time, you're just the nail. You're just getting beat up. You're just getting like. <laughs> tossed around and you don't know what's going on but eventually the day one's come in and you've been there maybe five six months and then you know you're not the hammer because you're showing yeah. you know what's <laughs> up and there may be smaller but you know again there's so many techniques if we talk about you know, for a gymnast specifically, if if you're a gymnast, probably you have flexibility and that's Mm going to help your guard. That's going to help you be more dangerous in the guard. At the same time, it's going to help your balance, right? If you're standing and you get taken down, you may be harder to take down because your balance is good. Um, But then it it comes down. So again, where do you feel comfortable, right? Do you feel comfortable standing or do you feel comfortable on the ground? Do you feel comfortable working the top position or working the bottom position? And, um, you know, do do you feel better with your upper body strength or your lower body strength? Because that will just pertain on if you're looking for like arm bars or leg locks so um really it's it's a individual individual's choice to develop their game you know like in the beginning days for me i was a very very um big on the guard so uh if you're familiar with uh eddie um my, my original instructor, Eddie Bravo, he has a very flexible game. He's, he's, he, his game is very much based on his guard, you know, working off his back and controlling guys with his legs. He can throw up his legs over his head. He can he can, he can throw it over their backs and control and clinch them. And I was playing that game a lot in the beginning days. But my, my, my physical attributes, uh, even though I am flexible enough to get to the rubber guard, um, I got heavy calves, right? And I can't I can't seem to get that keep that clinch a lot of times when I'm looking for the uh, those positions so I end up looking towards playing more of a leg locker game you know and I'm big on leg locks now so you know over the years I've developed everything and tried to make sure I have I have a well-rounded game but I know most I mean all my submissions have been through leg locks and that's been my expertise uh, for my finishes and my specific style so again, it, it really will be a learning experience for everyone to find the technique that works for them. Because even if I have an idea of what you should work on, once you try that move and try to execute it, you're going to have to go through the the, the you know the, uh, trial and error process of like, hey, this works. This doesn't work for me. Maybe I need to make this adjustment. Maybe I need to do this. And, mm-hmm. and that, in a sense, is very important for everyone's learning experience because it teaches you how to learn. And that's the beauty of jujitsu. It's a, it's a very, very helpful Uh, tool to learn how to learn right yeah you 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 go through that frustration period you go through all that and then if you can keep uh, being persistent and go through that adversity you realize in life a lot of things are like that you know if if, even if you're struggling in the beginning with something it doesn't mean you can't do it it just means you can't do it right now but you know over time over experience over practice and training who you hopefully can achieve that goal so again for you basics just defense first defense self-defense that's just try to make sure your heart attack try to make sure you keep your guard as much as possible Mm -hmm. try not to get taken down and put in a bad spot
0: that's
1: that's my big key for you guys thanks For sure, so
0: for sure, anytime. yeah 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 and i love that you equated um you compared jujitsu to life itself and how it's a metaphor right. for how we should approach life with a growth mindset um i'm not where i want to be right now but if i work hard enough that's anything then i can master it and right, exactly. um there we go yeah so i want to talk about speaking of mindset
1: mm-hmm.
0: talking about the mental side of jujitsu Um, Because it is just as much a mental game as it is physical. And I think what's unique about combat sports and martial arts is um, the kind of problem solving that is required on the spot, right? You're reacting moment to moment to your opponent kind of reading their cues, predicting what they're going to do and reacting accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a dancer and a ballroom dancer. So I saw some similarities actually between partner dancing and martial arts jujitsu. Um, mm-hmm. So talk to me about how can a jujitsu athlete, is it called jujitsu athlete or what? How, uh, you can call term? it whoever
1: you want. I mean, you know, some people say fighter. I, I, I'm not fighter. very big on that. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not no. big on that term as much for jujitsu because for me, uh, when we talk about fights, it's like talking about fist to cuffs, talking about throwing hands and like, strikes. Sure. Uh But you know, jujitsu matches, jujitsu, I mean, uh, sorry, jujitsu athletes is fine, jujitsu players is fine, but you know, uh, martial artist, whatever you want to call it, I, I, I'm not big on it. I don't say it myself, but again, people say jujitsu fighter all the time. I've but heard again, killer.
0: Um, I've heard killer. Yeah,
1: jujitsu <laughs> pra- killers uh, definitely applicable. Uh, jujitsu <laughs> practitioner is probably one of the most, um, you know, common things I call it, you know you practice but again it's, it just depends on what you want to call it i have no mm-hmm. problem with it but um again when we talk about it with jiu-jitsu and uh those specific folks who who train it i uh, sorry what was the question again it was uh,
0: uh like the mental side of jiu right mm-hmm.
1: if you're talking about the mental side of jujitsu, yeah like i was uh talking about before is um, it, it is very applicable to everyday life situations. At the same time, it's vastly different from everyday life situations. You know, because mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about putting yourself in a in a position that you're not ever in in a normal situation, unless it's like, again, there's an altercation and you're talking about confrontation, there's a fight going on, right? Once you go on to the ground, and then you're being pinned to the ground, and you're being threatened uh, with attacks, you know, that's not very common for most of us. But on the mental side of that, it's that's, that's why it's so important to learn it. Because once we learn that way to handle that amount of pressure, Uh, learn how to handle those situations, those give us a very, very effective tool to kind of uh, use to have an analogy for life, right? So um, when we talk about the mental side of jujitsu, it's something where you know, if you, if you come in to jujitsu thinking that, you know, I can do this, I got, I know how this is easy. I can just grab a guy. I can slam him on the ground. I can just, uh, you know, pick up stuff. I can grab a guy's head and squeeze it. You know, that mindset is short-sighted and it's not a one that can be conducive to a good learning experience, right? You're not coming in with the humility that most instructors would need and, and want to see from a student because as a student, you need to come in, like I said, like as a sponge and, uh, you know, and be able to absorb knowledge without having to have this ego get involved with like, hey, I need, I need to uh, be good at this now. You know, that's not the mindset that's going to work in the long term because you're going to learn in jujitsu that you're not going to know that stuff off the bat. No one has natural ability to just know these positions and know the techniques and the little nuances of, of certain attacks you may be able to do some of them but again there's such a wide spectrum of techniques we're talking about hundreds of submissions hundreds of different positions hundreds of different options depending on where you're, where you're going and like you said it's like a chess match right it's like it's like you're going moving pieces and you know like i, I get impressed when i see ballroom dances it's like how are they coordinating all this they're not even talking about whatever they're doing they're just moving naturally and they're just kind of going with the music Music, right and in <laughs> jiu-jitsu it's kind of the same thing you just go with your dance partner in a sense right the, your opponent your teammate and you just flow you just kind of think about you know shutting off the the mind for a little bit of time and going off instinct right mm. at the same time not completely shutting that mind off of, of you know your technical game and trying to make sure you remember those things but it's a constant up and down it's ebbs and flows and trying to figure out how do we find that balance right and and get into that flow state. Uh, that's what we call for you know a lot of folks who are athletes and, and you know people who try to get into that zone it's hard to you know describe in words yeah. but once you get into that zone You start moving with instinct and you start moving without having to be hesitant and and you don't have any more um, inhibitions. You just kind of go... With whatever you see open. When I see a, a neck open, I go onto the uh, choke and I try to I jump on the back when it's open. I try to jump on the arm when they're leaving it vulnerable. And you know, I don't think about it as much anymore as opposed to when it was like my early days training, where oh, I have to grab the arm this way, I have to move my body this way. Now, yeah. to this point, I've done it so many times. It's just my body's going to get there uh, right away once I see it because once you do the drills. Repetitively, repetitively, over and over, you get on the mat and you actually break down these techniques. You you practice the movements. Over time, these things just naturally happen where your your brain it automatically sees the opportunity and it goes. It's like when you tie your shoes, right? You're not yeah. thinking about how you tie your shoes. You just do it right. naturally because we've done it so many times. And right. that's the, that's the way we want to apply that mindset. You just you need to go on the mat. You need to put the time on the mat. You need to make sure you put the drills in, the reps in, reps and reps and reps, in, and then you know, before you know it, you're just moving without having any, any hesitations and you're just going off instinct.
0: Right. That's great. That's great. Um, so when someone's first learning jujitsu, what's your recommendation mm-hmm. for how they should train? Um, I know it's like a combination between drills and mm-hmm. actually applying these drills to, um, open mat, like real situations with mm-hmm your training partner um so i assume it would be a combination of both right what would the emphasis be would it be more towards learning the technique and getting that knowledge and then practicing it in open mat
1: Mm -hmm. um so there's so there's a lot of ways you can go about it right now let's speak from a perspective of someone who has no athletic experience right if you have Mm -hmm. not if you have if you're zero athletic experience you've never done any jujitsu, you've never done any sport in your life you've never done anything right from that perspective i would say first try to get as fit as possible try to get as strong and flexible and just get your body healthy right and try to move around as possible because if you're if you're morbidly obese it's hard to do jiu-jitsu you know you're not yeah, going to be able to right, do right. any of the moves there right so right. from that perspective first get healthy right and, and once you're at a space uh, or you're in a place more so like you feel healthy you can move efficiently you have good manage you can control your body you have good coordination from that perspective if you're there like say like for you example you came you come in as a gymnast right as a dancer you have a decent understanding of your body how to move it and and you know how to control your body right so from that perspective now we can talk more about the technical side right from there because we no longer have to address so much of you know how to move your body but it's um you know what to do with certain situations, what do we do in certain positions, right? So for that, definitely, we talk about the drills, you know, talk about, you know, specifically breaking down the, the drills that you've been doing. And it's a balance of that and doing the live situational sparrings, right, where you're, t- you're talking about a resisting opponent, someone who's actually resisting against your, your technique or your attack. Um, and once you have that understanding of, okay, I can do this, but I'm having trouble with this, right? And once you once you start to get to this mindset of okay, this is what I need to work on. the The ideal, training for me is always um i got this from my friend alan Bond. he always says you know keep your strengths polished but most of the time work on your weakness you know work on your weaknesses work on what you're not doing well you know because that's what we need to have a good game and you don't want to ignore your strengths you know make sure you're working on them you, you you're getting a few reps in but majority of your time you should be working on what's hard for you what's difficult because that in a sense will make your game well-rounded rather than you just being one-dimensional right but right. at the same time we can't let the skill that we have in the stuff that we do well go and get rusty you know we don't we want to we want to make sure that they continue to get refined so it really becomes again an individual journey to decide on what specifically do i need to work on you know in, Mm -hmm. in a sense where you're talking about for you example right if you're talking about for your specific journey now for you I see you uh, when you're training, you're moving, you're asking questions, you're you're, you're getting the reps in, you're moving around. Now, uh, what we need to make sure you're continuing to develop your skills and your specific journey is you need to start looking at in your roles, being very conscious in your what we call roles of sparring. I mean, uh, so for those who don't understand roles, meaning sparring right in your sparring, conscious of where you're having trouble. Exactly, exactly spots. Where am I having issues, right? And then breaking down those specific scenarios in the drilling, right? Don't, you know, if you just keep sparring, if you just keep going live, you don't have time to break down things. You're just going yeah. and moving. And next thing you know, there's another position you're, you're confused about. And then it just seems like relentless, like all the things <laughs> that you have trouble with, right? Sometimes right. after your round of sparring, you need to talk to your training partner. How did you do this? Like, how did you control me in that specific position mm. for so long? Ask them the question. Oh, I did this. Uh, you'd, and you may not have noticed, but you were doing this. You know, your partner may be enlightening you with something that you didn't even realize you were doing. And mm-hmm. then you start to work on that. You know, um, maybe your coach, you know, you ask your coach, like, hey, what do I do in this situation? And then they'll give you a perspective on like, hey, move your hand this way, position your body this way. And then, you know, the light bulb clicks and you're like, oh, that's what I've been doing wrong the whole time. You know, and we and I, when we see those oftentimes in jujitsu, those light bulbs start like, oh, damn, Like, that's it. That's what we need to do because again, it's such a dynamic sport and there's so many options depending on where you're at. And once you realize that there's, there's, there's gotta be a two way street here, you know, because you're only seeing your techniques from your perspective, right. From your eyes. But when you look at from a third person perspective, someone else who's watching or the opposite perspective of your training partner, there's a whole nother set of eyes that can give you insight on what you're doing and why you need to either change or, you know, whether you're doing something good or not, they'll give encourage you on certain things, right? So uh, I, I think it's very important that we don't get too shy on the mat right just just ask the question just just feel free to mm-hmm. to, to find the training partner and go and you I, I know i see you are definitely one to uh, you know be able to approach folks but some people struggle with that some people mm-hmm. have struggling and try to even just talk to someone on the mat and they, they don't want to ask too many questions they're more reserved yeah. but jujitsu forces you to do so because you have to have your team and you have to have your teammates in order to get better you can't do jujitsu by yourself it's impossible
0: oh yeah of course right yeah <laughs> Um, one thing I noticed that it's pretty cardio heavy. Um, Mm -hmm. I was so out of breath after rolling with, with, um, with, I think it was Jason. Um, Mm -hmm. I was so out of breath and also it requires a lot of strength too.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, so
0: it was the whole body thing and flexibility too, in those really weird and awkward positions. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of cross training would you recommend for, uh, jiu-jitsu athletes to improve their physical game?
1: So um, when I talk about, uh, you know, jujitsu, uh, I always uh, give folks a lot of uh, options depending on, you know, what, what they can do and what they can't do. You know, like, for example, when we talk about the cardio, right, the cardio in a sense where, you know, you talk about running, you know, aerobic training when you're just doing long runs, um, that's a very different style of training than jujitsu because mm-hmm. you're barely on your feet you're on your back you're moving around you're moving your back you're moving your hips uh you're you're squeezing you're clinching and you're you're doing different um systems of uh, you're using different systems to maintain uh you know your position and to, to move around It's it's both aerobic, anaerobic, you know, all other scientific terms. I don't know for sure. But, you know, all those things kind of encompass jujitsu, right? So, you know, yeah, it definitely helps if you do the runs. It's not the same, though, right? You talk about weightlifting for strength and your grips. That's definitely helpful, but it's not the same, though. We Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, doing whatever soccer, right? It's competitive uh, or, you know, basketball or team sports. You have that competitive feeling, but it's not the same, though, you know? So Mm -hmm. nothing beats time on the mat. Nothing beats just training jujitsu to get better at jujitsu. To, right now right. that doesn't mean you shouldn't do anything else you should definitely stay as fit as possible you know i very much uh, uh like swimming swimming is very uh, practical for me for jiu-jitsu because it helps flexibility it helps breathing which is huge and mm-hmm. flex and flexibility all that stuff and i, I was a big i'm a big swimmer I, you know i grew up swimming and uh, that's huge for me you know i always tell parents um who are starting to to get their their kids into jiu-jitsu and they're asking me like hey what should i get them to do because i want them to be good at jiu-jitsu one day right I say start with two things, swimming and gymnastics, because those mm. two things teach coordination. They teach flexibility, they teach strength and control of your body. Right? And those two things are very important in jiu You can't control anyone else until you control yourself. So if you do not have that ability to control yourself, you're not going to be able to do jiu You know, good luck trying to control someone else if you can't even move your arm the certain way and your leg the yeah. way, you know. So I, I would say, you know, swimming
0: really, and gymnastics,
1: because because for one, jiu jitsu, it's such a cerebral uh, sport right you're thinking and it's problem solving right uh, a child under four or five is very difficult to grasp that you know to understand how to do the problem they want to play games they just want to have fun kids <laughs> under like that age and they just want to play right so in gymnastics and swimming you can do that you can do these little games with the toys tumbling all mm-hmm. that and it's not a competitive as-, as far as like a combat aspect you know you're not one-on-one with a training partner but once they get developed uh, in their mind and they uh, start to start to grow and learn how to, you know, they go to school, they learn the discipline aspect of, you know, trying to be good in class, you know, ask questions, raise your hand, they have that structure, then you could bring them to a class setting with Jiu Jitsu and start to teach them the the formalities of training and not just necessarily the technical aspect, just, you know, the etiquette of, of training, you know, working with your partner, taking care of your training partners, all that. So uh, again, the, the main thing I always tell folks is stay healthy as possible, do whatever you like to do to, to make sure you stay healthy, but don't, Disregard time on the mat. If you're trying to get good at jujitsu, you need to do jujitsu. That's just the, right. the the essence of it, right? Now, high interval in- intensity training is very good to you know if you're getting ready for competitions and you want to cut weight, uh, you know I I really suggest high interval training because that's kind of how it is in jujitsu. Right? Sometimes it's like you're moving fast and then it's a low, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a chill and then you're going fast and then it's, it's going back to the low, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also working on you know uh, calisthenics, you know again like we talked about coordination and talking about moving your body like calisthenics are going to help you move your body because you need to have functional movement you don't just need to be strong you need to have functional movement you need to know how to make sure you move your body in a way not necessarily just to lift as many pounds as possible but to move a person and at the same time a resisting person who's moving in certain ways where you have to stay balanced on your feet or you have to twist turn or grab whatever the case may be so, again, there's so many ways a lot of people play. Like uh, a lot of jujitsu athletes, um, they'll, they'll go and, you know, do – maybe they come from a wrestling background. That's, uh, that's awesome, right? Some of them cross-train with Muay Thai. Like for me, a lot of my mm-hmm. students train Muay Thai. Some of the students, again, are swimmers. They go, they go into the bay. They swim laps. And, you know, they go into the cold water. Um, and, you know, the list goes on and on. And I think that with any sport, it's kind of a simulator, right? Everyone has – there's so many different ways uh, athletes – try to cross train with other things. It's really about what you're passionate about. What 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 yeah. entertains you? What gives you what gives you joy? What what is going to motivate you to move around? And moving is the biggest thing at the end of the day, right? Just keep right. moving, keep making sure that you're not doing anything to injure yourself or make it time that you have to stay off the mat something mm-hmm. that in, in alignment with your goals in jiu-jitsu.
0: So I'm really into yoga. I'm actually cool, a wait. yoga teacher. Um, and I'm actually gonna start teaching at 10th Planet Daily right, City I uh, in October.
1: <laughs> I me, I, uh, yeah, yoga for sure. One of the great, I used to do Bikram a lot when, especially Ooh, when I was trying weight. You know, yeah, and, uh, yoga is huge, especially you know, uh, with injuries in Jiu Jitsu, they happen, and yoga is a great way for recovery and for maintenance and and for working stability. Yoga is huge, and I think that a lot of our athletes, uh, a lot of the folks who can relate to you know the the benefits of yoga, understand like, hey, it's a great balance for jiu-jitsu because you know being hyper competitive in jiu-jitsu having all this kind of like very very sometimes very um aggressive energy yoga kind of gives you the opposite spectrum of that where you have peace
0: yes and it also emphasizes breath work. You mentioned the word right. breathing for right. jujitsu. Yoga is all about breath work and coordinating exactly. movement with breathing.
1: I, me- I remember learning Kundalini breathing from mm. a teammate of mine a long time ago. That changed my that changed my life. You know, learning how to breathe in that sense. And I'm I'm huge on breathing practices. That's one of the biggest things as well. I tell folks, if you have not trained your breathing, you know that is something you need to make sure you're aware of because breathing yes. is huge in jiu-jitsu Just like you know, with anything you do, if you're not breathing efficiently you're not going to perform correctly with anything
0: right especially when you're stuck in those crazy awkward positions or in a chokehold or
1: something that's like you You got (laughs) to breathe sometimes you're not going to be able to do anything the guy is just laying on you how am i going to get out of this just breathe think because the breathing is going to help your thinking process oh yeah
0: and being able to just calm your mind down in stressful situations like that that's also a similarity i see yoga can can benefit because yoga is all about Uh, managing the mind quieting the mind Um, and if you're able to be kind of zen on the mat at the same time as being aggressive like like I know it sounds contradictory but it's like from that place of zen and quietude in your mind like you can think clearly and you can better strategize and problem solve with your opponent that's my interpretation
1: Yoga has taught me so much uh, when it comes to my own body, right? And learning Mm -hmm. how to, when you're struggling in a pose and trying to make sure you can stay in that position and just, just being challenged from yourself, right? And rather than having an opponent in front of you, just showing you like, Hey, this, there's, even though I can struggle with this opponent, my own body my own self can be my biggest uh you know opponent in a sense right Mm -hmm. trying to trying to overcome your own inhibitions your own thoughts about doubts and everything that's that's a big thing that you need to make sure you you got a handle on if you're going to be good in jujitsu
0: yeah let's talk about injuries and Mm jujitsu what are some of the common types of injuries you see
1: common injuries so typically I'll see a lot of shoulder injuries knee injuries and uh, back injuries those are those are the most common I see in jiu-jitsu um, for myself um, I've had some shoulder issues as far as like strains. I had some back spasms. My my most significant injuries are from my ankle. You know, I've gotten I've gotten my ankle torn up a, a few times, and it's kind of my, on my own on my my own fault. You know, a lot of times in jiu-jitsu injuries happens. They're they're kind of self inflicted. I know it's oh. ironic because you're in a uh, position with a teammate, right? But in jiu-jitsu, like I said, it's a gentle art because once we tap on a submission or attack our opponent's going to let go you know that's that's a common courtesy that's the emphasis we all know and it's, it's the etiquette right they tap to let go but sometimes we get a little too egotistical and we're like oh i can survive this i can i'm good i'm gonna go next thing you know you hear that pop like, oh damn I, 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 I waited a little too long you know because mm-hmm. you know sometimes our adrenaline's pumping or our, our heart rate's pumping we're feeling good we're like oh i, get, I got this i got this and next thing you know oh something hurts and then you're then you're out for a little bit of time because of mm-hmm. the injury right So that's where, again, injuries happen, but a lot of times they can be avoided, right? If you're moving correctly, if you're taking, if you're doing correct maintenance on your body, you know, you're getting the right body work, you're doing, you know, your, again, maybe doing your yoga, maybe doing your saunas, your cold therapies, uh, like you can, you can maintain your injuries, but some guys, they're just all hundred percent redlining their body, always on the mat, just going hard killing themselves and and their Mm. own bodies by just going way too hard on the mat all the time. So that's where. You got to learn that balance of right, still taking time on the mat so to, to learn yet not pushing so hard that your body can't handle that pace, you know, because the mind, if it is strong and it has that mental fortitude, sometimes it'll push past the body's limitations and sure, knowing, yeah. knowing when to pull back and when to hit the gas is very important and sometimes we got to learn through experience unfortunately i've definitely learned a lot through experience that hey okay my body i'm no longer that 19 year old kid who started and was just letting guys tear up his shoulders you know i get a, mm-hmm. i get to a point now it's like i forget it i know where that's going i'm not going to play that anymore yeah <laughs> so injuries are are bound to happen in any sport like we all know but yeah the main thing in jujitsu again is just being smart and not letting the ego take control of your training
0: Yes. I I completely agree with that because ultimately we want to be able to enjoy it for a long time, right? Not right, right. that's my goal. Um, for life. That's yeah, and I heard that people can do jujitsu for a very long time, like into their I don't know, like. 70s till death
1: death. train until until they pass you know i mean uh again the guy who who founded jiu-jitsu earlier gracie he never stopped until he was uh i forget when he died but it was in his 90s you know oh so he was training all the way his whole livelihood and the whole gracie family it's kind of inbred in them you know again we talk about jiu-jitsu it's more it's more about not necessarily how many years you've been doing it but how hard you've pushed within those years it's like a car they say right not the years it's the miles you know you can have a car that was you know a, a 2020 car, but you can hit the gas super hard on it and just, you know, you're not, your mileage is out of whack, you know, mm-hmm. Versus someone who just drives intermittently, that car is still fresh, you know, because it hasn't yeah. done too much work on it. So if you can kind of balance that, again, still trying to achieve goals at a manageable pace, uh, then you should be in a safe zone where your training will be able to last you for your whole life. But Mm -hmm. if you don't, again, if you let that ego get control and you don't think logically and you don't you don't think reasonably, uh, it could be a recipe for disaster. You know, some Mm -hmm. guys have gotten seriously injured from jujitsu because, again, it's a combat. It's it's we're fighting on the mat. We're literally trying to, you know, choke and joint lock each other. So we can't ignore the reality of the situation. And at the same time, we can remember that, hey, this is this is doable to train. This is a safe practice if we do it in the right way, if we're in the right training room. And we got the right instruction you can you can be safe on the mat
0: yeah for sure and that was one of my i guess reservations um probably my only reservation about trying martial arts was the risk uh-huh. of injury because you know i'm a dancer and uh dance teaching dance is my livelihood so right. if if my body suffers and i get an injury then i can't teach and i can't make money mm-hmm. um and so i i'm just curious you know like like you said, you got to train smartly. You got to listen to your body. You got to not let the ego take over and put you Mm -hmm. at risk for injury. Um, for sure. And I was also curious about what is, I guess the ideal age, if there even is one to begin jujitsu slash martial arts, cause I'm 25. Um, Mm -hmm. but I come from an athletic background, but let's say you were, um, you had no background whatsoever in sports and you wanted to start and you were maybe in your mid twenties or, Early 30s or whatever, um, what could could they realistically get a black belt?
1: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, I think again, if you look at the in comparison to your livelihood, 10 years is a very limited amount. I mean, most general lives nowadays, you know, people are living to what their 70s, 80s, -hmm. right? 10 years of that is 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 an eighth of it. But again you don't necessarily need 10 years. Some guys has have gotten it as short as three. You know, BJ Penn, a legend in the game, has, has got his black belt in three years, you know? So, um, again, it really comes down to your dedication level. And as far as the ideal age, the younger, the better. You know, I'm, I'm teaching right. my nieces nephews out the womb. Like, once they yeah, I'm just bringing triangles, <laughs> trying to get them to be familiar with uh, the, the movements, in a sense. They may not get the formalities of it, like I said earlier, but move, their body is moving in that way, where once mm-hmm. they get on the mat and once they take the lessons, they're going to be like, oh, I can – my body can do this uh, my uncle did put this in me <laughs> a while ago you know yeah I'm teaching my kids how to throw hands and, and all that stuff I, you know i i'm a, i'm big on the, the kids right i teach i help with the kids instruction mm-hmm. i have the kids program at my school and i try to make sure that all those kids understand the value of learning early you know when you're learning earlier you have less um issues with absorbing knowledge because your mind right. isn't colluded with all, all the stuff you've learned over the years you know like you said for example like you had that fear coming in of getting injured and, and doing this stuff. A kid, a, a kid, eight years old, doesn't think about that. He's just, oh, I just want to learn this cool martial art. Mm-hmm. I just want to do it. Right. They don't have that, those anxieties uh, like bothering them. Right. So yeah. then they're able to absorb things better. So ideally again the earlier the better but at the same time it's never too late you know you can always learn and the thing is you can always learn something from jujitsu even if you don't ever achieve that black belt even if you don't ever achieve any color belt you know regardless the belt color doesn't matter what matters is you get on the mat and you learn. You know, the, the the most important belt to get is the white belt. That's what we say. Because like and the mm. hardest belt to get is the white belt because most people are so afraid that they'll never jump on the mat. They'll never go and step onto the mat because it's so intimidating. It's such a such a very difficult sport. So even though it seems like that black belt is you know so so uh you know valuable and great most people won't even get their white belt they'll never even jump on the mat and learn and get to that stage of just learning the basics, learning the principles what is jujitsu because people they have no idea what's going on when they watch like the UFC and they see guys go to the ground. They're like, uh, what is happening? Get back up, start punching each other. That's what they want to see. Right. But now yeah. you learn jujitsu, you're starting to tune in and starting to start to key on. Oh, I remember that position. I know that move. This is what they're trying to do. Oh, oh, there's a choke. Oh, I know that. I know that choke. You know, you start connecting the dots with that in, in, in a sense where now you're starting to become aware of how, uh, you know, in a sense, how much jujitsu there is out there. There's a lot of jujitsu out there that people don't even realize, you know, that hmm. can be applied in certain positions, you know, because once someone's on the ground, jujitsu is in play. Once someone falls and there's and on the ground, jujitsu starts, you know, no matter if they know techniques or not. Uh, if I see someone fall on the ground, I'm looking at uh, how's their guard? How's their, how's their get up? How is their, how's their sprawl? You know, I'm looking right yeah. there, but most people don't have any context over that. So you got to be able to say, I'm going to learn as much as possible. I'm gonna go at my own pace, and I'm gonna, you know, if I get my black belt, I'll get it. But you know, just like me, I did not plan to get my black belt when I started this. I wanted to learn jujitsu and try to get as good as I possibly could, and I think that's the right mindset: is just to get as good as you possibly can and don't rush it cuz there's there's a, you got a lifetime to learn this jiu jitsu is not going anywhere with the pandemic mm-hmm. during those years when we shut down it was we were a little fearful i was fearful definitely but i i, I am now confident jiu jitsu is not going anywhere we had so many guys who were just dying to get back on the mat once they shut down the gyms and everything and yeah. that's that shows me like hey no matter the circumstance if people are still interested in learning, I'm going to teach them, you know, um, if they yeah. want to learn, I'm going to teach them. And I think if you can remember that, Hey, as long as I can move, as long as I can have this body, this, this, this ability to have this dedication, you're going to keep learning. Just keep going, just keep going and take it day by day. Cause you're going to hit roadblocks. There's no questions. You're going to hit stumbles. You're going to hit maybe sometimes issues with scheduling or injuries or whatever the case may be. You're going to have these times when you're like, Oh, I haven't, you're plateaued and you're not motivated. But if you just remember, like, hey, I just got to get back on the mat. I just got to show up. Just show up. Just continue to be there. Be present in the room. You're going to get recognized. You're going to get that rank up. And as long as, again, you, you communicate. I'm big on that with my students. I say, communicate with me your goals. Let me know what you want to achieve. I'll do my best to help you achieve those goals. I'm going to hold yeah. you accountable to them, too. Like, if you told me you want your blue belt, I'm be like, where are you at? Like, well, why aren't you in class? Like, if you tell me you want to compete, i be like, why aren't you cutting the weight? Why aren't you doing this, right? Mm. If you just want to learn, just learn. I'm like, okay, come in, have fun. You know, no pressure. It's, it's all good. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stress you. There's no reason for me to stress you like a competitor that's trying to go for a world champion when you're just right. coming in to lose five pounds. You know, what's, <laughs> what's the point of that, right? So when you yeah. communicate with me what you want in a specific whether it be a long-term goal or a short-term goal like i want to learn this specific technique or you want to be a black belt as long as you can communicate with that i mean yeah i'm going to help as best i can to get you there and as long as you show up and you know be there present I'm, I'll, I'll be there to help you know and that's the yeah. same kind of mindset all instructors have i hope they would have
0: yeah well thank you for being such a great instructor i've taken oh, a couple no <laughs> lessons from you already i learned a lot in each of them um So what advice to finish off? What advice would you give to anyone who's just starting out jujitsu? I know you already gave so much wisdom, um, Mm -hmm. but let's say someone who is fearful of stepping on the mat and they're so new to it. Everything's overwhelming. They don't Mm -hmm. know where to begin. Um, Mm -hmm. What would you say to them?
1: So with with most folks um, that, you know, that's common, like we said, it, it is a very intimidating art. It's something that gives a lot of people anxiety when they think about going in and trying to learn a martial art, trying to, you know, trying to do something new, even just in general, like trying to get something get out of your comfort zone and go in there and learn. Right. But in a sense. If you want to grow, my biggest advice is if you want to grow, you have to be uncomfortable, right? You have to be able to put yourself out of your comfort zone. No one, no one grows in the comfort zone. No one grows when they're feeling good and feeling happy all the time, you know? Yeah. It's when you're having to deal with adversity. It's when you're having to have struggles and working through challenges that you grow the most. Your character builds. So if you want to change your life for the better and, and be able to say, Hey, I can, I've done this and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm able to do this and have the confidence to carry that into your regular life. Uh, jujitsu is a great tool for that. You know, jujitsu is a great tool for you to start to look at life differently saying, Hey, I've dealt with a 200 pound man trying to strangle me. I'm not afraid of this little email that I got for, for work. I'm not afraid mm-hmm. of this little like public speaking match when I have to teach a class of 50 people. You know, if you get to mm-hmm. that point, you know, so Jiu Jitsu is a very valuable tool that even though it's for everyone, not everyone is for it. Uh, I don't know if Mm that makes sense, but you know, jujitsu is for everyone. Everyone can do jujitsu, but not everyone is down to do (laughs) jujitsu. Not everyone is willing to do jujitsu. So again, it's up to you uh, to choose which one you are, you know, which are you the one to be down and learn the art? Or are you one who is just kind of the observer and like admiring the people who do that? You know, Mm -hmm. regardless of the case, you can learn from being an admirer as well. You know, maybe, maybe you'll, you won't, a world champion maybe you won't be a black belt maybe you won't ever hit the big stage but that doesn't matter what matters more is you grow you learn you try to be a better person you try to overall just improve your overall quality of life and if you start jujitsu classes i'm pretty confident it'll be there for you you know and sometimes we don't hit the right academy. Sometimes we don't have the right coach. Sometimes we're not in the right area where we don't have jujitsu available. What matters more is, again, your persistence to try to learn in whatever way possible, whether it be through the, the readings. There's so many jujitsu books out there. There's YouTube content. There's uh, academies all over the world now with jujitsu being so easily available. Uh, choose your route pick your route, you know, be dedicated and just go for it. You know, at the end of the day, have fun. It should be fun. If it's not fun, what's the point of doing it? You know, if, if you're not enjoying it, you know, you don't need to do it. But, you know, for me, it's like, for me, it's a necessity. Like I, I look at self defense and martial arts like swimming, right? You never know when you're going to be around a pool of water, and you never know when you're going to be in an altercation. So yeah. you got to have the skills to pay the bills when those situations happens, you know, if yeah. you don't, you know, good luck, you know, and I think if you don't have that understanding, you're not going to have the urgency to, to learn it right. And for me that's huge on me but when you think about that you know you know if some people may say oh, i know i just carry a firearm or whatever i'll just carry a knife you know good luck if you get a fight on a plane you know if you're if you're in a plane like someone tries to tries to jump on you what are you going to do you mm-hmm. know if you're if you're in a club or a nightclub where they're doing pat downs you know you don't have your weapons on you you know you have yeah. to be able to be ready for these situations and if you choose to be ignorant and choose to not go for it you know again you're, you're kind of vulnerable you're, you're and and i'd rather be confident out there with with just being without any weapons, without any extra tools, you know, I'm confident if I get in a one-on-one altercation with someone and they try to step to me and I want other people to feel that confidence because it's yeah. achievable. It's definitely achievable, but you have to put the work in. You have to do it. Absolutely. You have to choose to do it. So again, it's, it's a very, very daunting task, but at the same time, it is a very fun and enjoyable experience if you do it right.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And one last question, actually, of course, um, Take your time. Okay. I know this is just so interesting to me, all of this. Um, so as a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. This is a very male dominant sport. Right. Um, how can we encourage more women to do jujitsu and um, you know, overcome that kind of fear, especially if they're rolling with with men? Right. Um, that's so scary. You know, I I was, I think with me, um, I didn't have quite as much fear with that just because of the nature of what I've done in the past with gymnastics with ballroom dancing like I'm used to working with a man, you know, and right. working with, you know, so, um, but I could imagine it's very scary for right. a lot of women if they come to an open Definitely. mat, it's all men, where's right. the other lady in the room, you know, um, right, right, right. how sure. do we overcome that.
1: So that's that's a big challenge. Right. I think, uh, you know, for yourself, uh, you know, you having the confidence coming from gymnastics and ballroom dancing and you're confident in your own body, you know, you've, you've been able to have that experience where you've dealt with situations on, you know, working with another person and moving your body with another person. Right. And that's great. If other people, you know, have done sports, it helps like or women specifically. Right. If they've done any other kind of sport like wrestling, obviously, those are applicable judo and martial arts. But with women, the challenge is, again, like you said, trying to make them comfortable with the training aspect of it, right? Trying to just make them comfortable with at least showing up. Because if you're not comfortable at least showing up, you're not going to show up, you know? Mm-hmm. So at our school, we we have a free women's class every Friday at 5. You know, that's that's a big thing for me that me and Coach Joanne, uh, my brown belt, we emphasize. Like if we want to get women into the training room, we've got to find some time where they, they can work without males so that they can just work with other women who – have sometimes equally the same feelings, right? The same anxiety, same fears, and you know they're not working with guys who are full of testosterone. They're running around the gym trying to prove stuff and you know and risk injury. Um, so for one, again, it's it's finding a, a training partner uh, or maybe finding a group that works well with uh, your your specific um, issues. The women's class we have Fridays at five. It's it's a huge thing. I we did this because. I feel jujitsu is more important for women than men, Mm. you know, women need jujitsu more than men. Men, men obviously have natural, you know, gifts biologically, you know, they have testosterone pumping through them. They got the, the size, but women don't have that. And it's naturally bred in them to, to, to have uh, vulnerabilities in those senses. So we Mm -hmm. need to make sure they have the technical skills to protect themselves. So I wish more women were in jujitsu. I wish they understood the value of jujitsu and I wish that they took it seriously that hey you should learn this because if you're stuck because those positions are probably the most dangerous for women if you're in that bottom position and someone's on top of you you need to know what to do to get the mafia or to protect yourself yeah and that's something that i think again is just something it needs to be continued to speak on to be spread it's like a gospel like hey if you if you are at all fearful of any kind of altercation or or situations just learn a little bit of technique, learn a little bit of the jiu-jitsu and then hopefully open your mind up to what you can do. And if you can find a way to just get them into a session, whether it be like a one-on-one session with another skilled instructor or in a group of women who are, again, equally new and introdu- introducing them to jujitsu, those are all options that we can uh, use to help them get into the training room, right? And that's the biggest thing, getting them into the training room, making sure that they feel like they have a place they can learn, a safe learning environment that's not going to be so competitive sometimes, not going to be always, you know, again, egotistical. Yeah. I, I feel like if you start to search for it, you can find it. You know, there there's definitely options available. Luckily, in California, in, in the Northern California area, we have plenty of training options. There are so many schools with women's programs. There are so many skilled instructors. You know, you talk about other parts of the world, it may not be as accessible, but again, if you find another uh, friend, a training partner, you can, you can definitely find some instruction online. You can find some instructors who can guide you through things. Even if you just want to do it yourself on YouTube, I don't recommend you guys just learn everything mm-hmm. on your own. But Sometimes it, it helpful if you if you go to a gym and it's full of guys and just like it's, it's just nonstop like with with a, the amount of testosterone that's in that room, you maybe <laughs> want to get some extra training sessions on your own with a training partner, get your own mat, you know, be able to drill with another woman or an, a, another safe training partner that you feel comfortable with and get the reps in that way, you know, because you can do so much, and it it also pertains to how dedicated you are to it, right? Because yeah, if you're if you're just doing it. Uh, and you're thinking that you're gonna learn it within a few lessons. You know, it's, it's gonna be in for a rude awakening. This is again, mm-hmm. like I talked about, the lifestyle. It's a skill that you have to learn, and you know, with a certain amount of practice, you'll get it. But you really want to be confident in it, not just get it. You want, you don't want to just get what jujitsu is. You want to be confident in your jujitsu and have yeah. the ability to say, "Hey, I can do this," and I'm and I'm not afraid of being in any altercation with anyone. So for all yeah. the women out there who are listening and who are interested in trying jujitsu, I say, just go for it, you know, just go and try it. And if you, don't like, it, you it. don't like it, but you'll never know until you try, you know, like you, like you, for example, you didn't know how you would feel until you tried it. Now we can't get you out of the room. You know, you're in there. I'm here just, all you're the time. There. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just go for it, ladies. Don't be scared. Just go.
0: Yeah. Don't be scared. I literally, a friend recommended it to me and I was like, okay, I have done zero martial arts in my life like I guess besides gymnastics like Mm -hmm. no martial arts training um and then I went to my first class um I think it was Gino's class um it was a 11 a.m Wednesday class and um and then learned a lot in that one class, I just felt, remember feeling really overwhelmed because there was so much information and I didn't right, know right. anything. I didn't know anything about the positions. I didn't, you were teaching us some submissions and I was like, right, okay, right. that's cool. So um it was
1: a, like a key lock submission and an arm lock. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so it, was, mm-hmm. it was a lot for a first timer, but again, you stood, you stayed strong, you, you had fun and I can see that fun. you were definitely yeah. intrigued by it and that's the spark you need in the beginning. You just need a little spark, you know, a mm-hmm. motivation to get you going and again, if it, even if the experience at the first, time is not good don't give up on jujitsu just try another situation try another school try another way to learn because at the end of the day you're going to be able to learn something through that practice or at least the attempt to practice and become consistent of it and uh, I think absolutely as you start to get into understanding the nuances of jujitsu and the value of jujitsu, it becomes something that is super addicting, like you like you uh, said before. It's just something yeah. that you just can't get enough of. You're not thinking about it. You're not thinking about how can I get better at this and just showing up all the time. And that's what I hope everyone can feel, uh, that excitement going into the training room because it is something else.
0: It really is. And I'll, I will see you this coming week. I mean, I don't know all if right. you teach the 6 a.m. classes, but I. Oh, that's
1: Coach Rich. Coach Rich, shout out Rich. to Coach Rich, another Bronbo, You know, so Coach Rich, <laughs> one of the great instructors. He's got a great vibe in the 6 a.m. class. And, yes. you, know, you you're gonna you're going to have a good time learning from all the coaches. I'm confident all my coaches over there at mm-hmm. Planet Daily City. Anyone who's listening, you're welcome to come out and, you know, come, <laughs> see what is about now. Hopefully, by the time <laughs> you guys make it on the mat, she uh, is up there and ranked up and, and and, you know, stepping up another level. Who knows where she's going to be. But who knows? No, i again if you if you continue again, you're gonna get better. There's no question about it.
0: So you're gonna be the one who's giving me the belts.
1: Uh it depends. It depends as long oh, as you or not. School, <laughs> not, unless you unless you're moving out to another school or getting out of the country or whatever. Like you just let us know. I mean it's it's all love at the end of the day. You don't have to be. I tell my students like I don't. I would love to train you guys for the rest of your life, but I don't expect to because everyone mm-hmm. in their own individual journeys, they move, they have other commitments, they have sure. to do whatever they want to do. You're welcome to train with me as long as I'm living. But again, if you have to move on, do your own thing. It's it's no ill will. Just keep training. I would say no matter where you mm-hmm. be, just keep training somewhere, and I'm not going to be the one who's like um, having a bitter, you know, words and like saying anything. Some some coaches I know that are very very particular about that. Yeah. Very, very, and this it, is because they care so much. I get it. You know, they care so right. much about their students. They don't want uh, they they feel a certain type of way when students move on. But that's something as instructors, all of us have to kind of let go of. I feel for us to be successful. If you if you think you can control people just because you showed them how to do an arm bar or do a choke hold and you can tell them what to do with their lives. It's like that's not practical. So yeah, at the end of the day. Enjoy it. I'm glad I w- you were able to you know get the introduction from me, and that's something I revel in and try to help all the folks who uh, are trying to learn jujitsu. Because again, like you said, um, a lot of folks think that you got to be a certain skill set when they come in but the majority of the room is people who haven't trained before who started from nothing right? and and a lot of people think that oh i just I, I don't know if i have to have experience before training that's like saying you got to be smart before you go to school you know that's not the case. right you go right to, school to learn and exactly you think, you think you're going to learn algebra before you go to school nah same thing no. with you just do you got to go to class to learn and that's just, just got to show up exactly yeah exactly
0: all right Gino this was great. I know we, we didn't get to talk about Muay Thai. I wanted oh, to a, ask you about that but Yeah, we can, we
1: can do that anytime. You know, just let yeah. me know. All, Mar- I can talk about this stuff all day. So don't don't hesitate let me know we can schedule another one and uh, Let's do another about- one and we'll talk right. more about Muay Thai. We talk about Muay Thai about the deadly art, the art of eight limbs. Yeah, I'll definitely give you a yes. game on that one for sure. Just let me know I'm, I'm
0: taking Muay Thai also.
1: Yes, yes, Belicia is yes. on it. She is. She is anime, anime. And then we got to talk about mixed martial arts, which is a whole nother. Like mixed martial arts is another aspect of of the combat area. So you know, we can go on and on. I'm happy, yes. you know, appreciate you letting me on. Uh, and again, I'm happy to jump totally. on anytime I have time. So just give me a holler. Should
0: make this a series, the martial yes, arts series. Yeah.
1: you know, I'm down. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Just give me a holler. Thank please. you, Thank Gino. You I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All the best. All the best. Send me the link when this is out.
0: Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Athlete Voices Podcast. We have new episodes coming every Tuesday, so stay up to date with that by clicking subscribe. You can follow us on our Instagram at Athlete Voices and check out our website, athletevoices.net, where we post feature articles about the guests on this podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and leave us a review. We'd greatly appreciate it. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.